Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, and welcome back into the Moment of Cluth podcast, the interview series that sits down with successful individuals and digs deep into their personal and professional lives, sharing what they've learned along the way. I hope everyone is staying sane and healthy and practicing social distancing. For those of you who are starting to lose their mind a little bit and feel like they've cleaned their home so many times they're running out of rooms to clean, you're really going to enjoy my guests today. They are Ashley Murphy and Molly Graves, the co-founders of The Neat Method. The Neat Method is an in-home organizational service that now has 68 franchise owners in 63 markets around the United States and Canada. You may have seen them on Good Morning America or Oprah.com. They've also been featured by dozens of publications, from Forbes to the New York Times, and they're the secret weapon celebrities use to stay organized. They're even launching their own line this year with the Container Store. So today we talk about one key factor that is really important when launching your own business, how they've managed to become hugely successful with their simple concept, and of course, how to get organized and stay organized while under the stay-at-home orders that have become all of our new realities. So I hope you enjoy our conversation and find the motivation to do some spring cleaning while practicing social distancing. Welcome back into the Moment of Cluth podcast. Joining me today are Molly Graves and Ashley Murphy, the co-founders of The Neat Method, a home organizing company with locations across the United States and Canada. Thanks for joining me today, ladies. Thank you, Megan. So I just wanted to have you on because we're all in our homes for the foreseeable future. And if you're like me, you're very tempted to clean everything over and over and might be doing some spring cleaning and can use some tips. So what drew me to you guys is that you're both from Chicago and so am I. I love it. That is true. (laughs) So I wanted to um, start by talking about your story. How did you guys meet? How did you come up with this great idea and get started? All right. Um, Mal, do you want me to take a step? You at go. That one? Go for it, Ash. Um, so we actually both were from Chicago, but ironically found ourselves moving to San Francisco. We did not know each other. Um, both moved with husband's jobs and more or less like met out of fate. I kind of feel like, you know, it was one of those things where I was shopping and um, met Molly and she'll tell the story, which is actually hysterical, that um, right away we were like, oh, you know, what are you doing here in San Francisco? And I was telling her that I was there for my husband's job and I had just moved from Chicago. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm from Chicago. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so of course that was kind of like our first instant connection. And so I was like, oh, well, hopefully we run into each other again. And I left the store and like 30 seconds later, this same cute girl comes running after me and she's like, um, can I maybe get your phone number? (laughs) And so the short of it is, is that we exchanged phone numbers. I think we went on a coffee date, maybe two days later and realized I actually had started um, a company called Meet Chicago, um, in early 2009, right off of that 2008 recession. And, um, hadn't really told Molly about that at all. And she was telling me how she used to be a teacher. I was telling her how I used to work in the fitness industry. And we were like, well, what did, you know, what are you going to do now that you're here? And neither one of us really like had the ability or really wanted to kind of, um, go back into the same industry we were in. And, um, 
Melly was like, well, I actually am thinking about going into professional organizing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe this. I'm like, on the side, I had a company called Meet Chicago. And um, so I literally left the meeting. Well, it was supposed to be just, you know, like a little coffee date. And I left and I called my mom and I said to her, like, I just like, I just met a new friend. Like this is my first friend really. Um, and I'm like, and I also think I'm starting a business and my mom's like, I'm sorry, what? Like you literally met someone and now you're starting a business and she's your friend. Like what is happening? Yes. So it we was, didn't know each other and we started meet San Francisco. Um, and really like, again, the meet Chicago was a little side hustle and meet San Francisco was us giving this like our full time effort and attention. And I think like both of us would tell you like it could not have worked out any better for not knowing someone and truly just like taking a risk. And we were like, let's try this. Like, I don't know you, but I like you. Like, you know, I trust that you'll be, I think it's kind of that whole like Midwest mentality um, of just being fairly put together open we'll find something in common you like cheese I like cheese okay we're gonna be friends it's fine we got something (laughs) nice quality (laughs) and the rest is kind of history which I mean really um then became great friends figured out our strengths and weaknesses as business partners um and really started getting you know calls from other women as we made Meet San Francisco successful. And that's kind of where we were like, well, maybe we need to broaden the name here and become Meet Method. Um, So that's why we switched the name. And now here we are. How many locations do you have in total? So I think at this point there are 68 franchise owners and, and I think it's 60 free markets. So we have some that are like duplicates. That's incredible. And how old were you when you guys got this started? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, so I, oh, how old was it? What year was it? 2010. So I was 29 and Molly was was And I was 26. Yes. So what drew me to you guys is I feel like we're in a similar time where our um, economy is, you know, not in the best place because of coronavirus. And I feel like with all this time at home, people might have questions on how to really expand those passion projects like you guys did. So what decisions did you make early on that helped your business succeed over other businesses that were similar? So that was actually kind of nice for us because what we did spend a lot of time doing at the very beginning was look at other organizing businesses and there were plenty, but there actually weren't any 10 years ago doing what we're doing now. There's plenty um, now. Um, and, and we certainly thought that we didn't have like some amazing novel concept. It was just our own spin on it. We kind of were in a spot um, in time where like having a personal trainer was no longer like taboo. Like you actually wanted to tell people you worked out with a personal trainer. Like that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, having someone come and be a personal chef or something at your house or having an interior designer was not shameful. It wasn't like, Ooh, you don't know how to cook. It was like, wait, that's so cool. You can do that. So we were like, what if we could make something with home organizing that was to that level? And so I guess my suggestion would be to people who are 
looking into creating something that might be more of a passion into a business is really define what your business is and what your business is not. And especially starting, like Ashley said, you know, she started Need Chicago right after the 2008 recession. Um, and now I think will be semi-similar to start a job, but um, really define what you really want out of your job. Because at the very beginning, it's really, really, really easy to compromise with who you're going to work for or what your work actually is. Um, and, you know, sort of broaden what it is you do, especially if it's a service-based business yeah. um, like ours. But the nice part is, is that with the two of us, there was accountability for that. And also there was a very um, hard line in the sand with who we were, what kind of work we wanted to do, who we were going to work with, how much we were going to charge. And there really was no flexibility on that. And that I think is what helped us grow so large so quickly because we really did have a defined business plan instead of like accommodating to everyone's needs. Yeah. We sort of decided early on that we didn't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. We really wanted to focus on being the best of the best when it came to home organizing. Because once you get into someone's home, especially if it is you know a service-based industry, they trust you. And so they ask you to do things that are definitely not in the scope of what you do. So um, you really have to have that hard line and say, I can recommend someone else. Or, um, you know, I, I just don't do that. Um, this is what I'm an expert at. This is why you're paying me top dollar is because I'm really good at this. I'm not a party planner. I'm not an interior designer. Like Ashley and I have never told someone what color to paint their walls or, you know, you know, what bed to buy. We're like, like what, no, 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 what clothes that's like, to buy or what clothes mm -hmm. to keep. Like that's, yeah. I think what we do because you dabble into seeing everything. So call that like somebody's closet with their wardrobe. We're definitely not sitting there being, it's easy for someone to say like, Oh, can you maybe also be like my stylist? Yeah. Or like Molly said, the interior design route. And so we just always kind of stuck to our guns and said like, this is what we do. We're really good at this one thing. Have you read um, the book? That's what I was going to ask you. The book called The One Thing by Gary Kelly. I, I have read it, yes. Yes. I have not. You were, the way that you were talking about it was just singing so true to me because I've read that book and it's all about finding that one thing that you're good at. Cause if yeah, I just read it last year. And so I was like, Oh, that's kind of fun. Like we've always said that. Um, we say it to a lot of our, you know, we'll have franchise owners start with us that'll say, well, you know, I also was an interior designer or I'm, I'm coming from the real, real estate world and I could do staging or, you know, and I'm like, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you, you will not want to dabble with both because mm -hmm. I think it just, I think it lessens your, um, credibility. Yeah, exactly. So your takeaway is to be really clear for young entrepreneurs out there to be really clear on the one thing that you excel at and the one thing you're passionate about and follow that whole yeah, Absolutely. Stick to the one thing for now. I think the only other thing too that I would add in there is that in this day and age, word of mouth is a marketing tool. It doesn't matter what your business is. And so we've also given the advice to our franchise owners, like make sure that whatever you're doing 
whoever you're doing it for will be able to repeat it to your new client because that's how you're getting your next client is through someone you're working with right now. So if anything is confusing about what you do or how you charge or, you know, there's like, well, if you buy this many hours, then you get this many free. And then, you know, this is the discount once you reach this dollar amount and all this stuff. You can't repeat it. It's like, I don't really know. It was something, I, I feel like I got a deal because of something. You know, it's just like not the way you want your business talked about. You want your business to be easily spoken about to, by anyone because that's how you're getting your job. It's, it's very unlikely that you're just out in the street and you just happen to meet an unorganized person who happened to tell you that and then you happen to give them your pitch and then you got the job. It's like someone comes over to a house that we've already organized and is like, oh my gosh, what happened here? It's amazing. And they're like, oh, I use this company called Meet Method. Tell me how it works. You know, So that person is your salesperson. So you need to make sure that you are... Um, which obviously um, is a benefit to us. Like you're super simple. It's it's really um, it's an organized thought. It's not uh, jumbled up with discounts and packages and all the things that get lost in translation. So kind of picking backing off of um, what you said earlier about just being really clear about what you wanted. The whole point of this podcast is to get to the root of a time when in your professional life or your personal life you realized you weren't being authentic to who you were. Can either of you speak to a moment um, when you knew you weren't being authentic to who you were or maybe your actions weren't aligned with who you wanted to be or on the flip side, when you knew you were being authentic to who you were? Um, I guess I'll, I'll take a stab at that for a small. So I think we kind of, as you know, we're interviewing all these women to be franchise owners of Neat Method. And you know, you're also trying to kind of prove um, the credibility of your business and get them trust you and make sure that they know that you're honest. So for us, we have a saying that we have this like Midwest mentality, which I already kind of mentioned earlier. And that really is to us, the fact that we are really authentic. We just, that's kind of in our blood. Um, I would say we're just very honest, authentic women. Um, I'll answer for myself personally. And I think that Molly probably has handled this a little bit better over the years. Um, but in, you know, in 2009, when I started this, there really just, it wasn't an industry that was really on the map. And as this has grown, as Molly and I have worked, you know, so many countless hours, so much blood, sweat, and tears. And as more brands came into this and started duplicating exactly the image you were seeing from us, we definitely like, we were the first to do this as um, the approach that we took, which was a little bit like we come in with a team, um, we do not organize with the clients, the clients, we ask them to more or less like get out of the way. We ask obviously nicely. Um, you know, we're a full turnkey operation. We will handle implementing any products you need. We will buy those products. So that didn't exist. Like I, I, we will stand behind that. That just didn't exist to the level that we turned it into. And a lot of it was trial and error in the beginning for, you know, that whole first year in San Francisco, we were just trying to figure out if it worked. And then when I moved back to Chicago, it, we quickly found out that it did. 
um, it could be duplicated from ourselves and taught to other women. So as other brands with a really strong presence started popping up, I think it can become a little discouraging or a little frustrating. Um, and I think, I don't know if I would say that I didn't stick with my authentic self, but the difference of like who I am with that type of type of competition today versus how I was, I mean, it probably really started four or five years ago. Um, I definitely feel like it would, it, it would steer us off course a little bit at times. Um, and I kind of am like, it's funny to look at now because I think competition can be really good and it can be a really good um, reminder that maybe you are doing something right. And that could be a good thing that other people are like, oh, you know, I want to do this too. And I feel that I could just use their model and copy it and go do it, which is, you know, we're, we're very friendly into the industry. We respect everybody in it. Um, and now that's what I was going to say, Ash, that I feel like the one, the one point that you're missing here that I feel like a listener might be like, why was she so like steered off course by competition is that it wasn't competition that was steering you off course. It was competition that was not celebrating the business of other women, other organizers. It was competition who to some degree was bullying. And so yeah. it felt a little harsh. And there are so many organizers that have popped up along the way that literally look very similar to what we do. And that does not steer any of us off course. That tells us we're on the right track, like we're doing something right. Um, and there's way more organizers um, that are, um, you know, so kind, um, you know, yeah. complimentary of our business. Um, you know, support our business, um, you know, share images or um, promote things that we're doing um, that feels like healthy, competitive, you know, in markets that we're in. Um, we share jobs with other organizers if, you know, we've been too busy or, you know, whatever the situation may be. The difference is, is when there's competition and it seems a little um, heated or, um, competitive in a way that isn't building either company up that can really throw either of us off track because in the end we're like we were so nice like what did we do and um you start to kind of go down this path of like what like this is so unfair that we're being treated this way and we like we started it you know you get into this like nitty-gritty that is totally unnecessary um and I think that like, you know, in years past, we're, we're significantly past it now, but in years past, um, when that started happening, that was really a tough pill for us to swallow because we were like, we didn't start this to be mean to other people. We started this to just help people in their lives and help them, um, you know, be able to successfully do what they want to do. And then also um, the opportunity to grow this for other women to, you know, build a business, other women to build a business was like so fulfilling. So to get kind of caught in the weeds in that was right. tough. Yeah. It sounds like your moment of truth was really realizing that who you are as business women and as people were not these angry, mean women who are being copied. Right. 
looking back, I wish I could have just like let that be background noise versus letting it kind of weigh you down a little in your day to day focus, you know? Yeah. I've always read, or I've always believed that your book is already written. So what's meant for you is going to be for you and what other people are doing is not affect your personal life. So I like that. I like that a lot. So truthfully, I pulled my, I pulled social media, I pulled my friend groups and asked them, what did they want to hear from you? What questions they had for this time at home and getting organized? So um, one listener wrote to me that she is quarantining with her boyfriend in a really small apartment in New York City. And she wanted to know what tips you had for organizing for two people in small, small spaces. Yeah, I would say... Um that's coming up a lot right now, which is great. Um, it is the perfect time to kind of tackle something that you've been pushing off. Um, obviously, typically we're hired to do it. So it's sort of funny. Um, we have virtual organizing services and um, we love offering that because there's tons of motivated people. And like never before have there been so many motivated people. So um, <laughs> our virtual services are doing well, which is great. So if this was a virtual client of ours, I would say um, start small. Like this is not something, you know, it's like Ashley and I have always related it back to um, working out because Ashley was a personal trainer. Like you wouldn't go to the gym for the first time and like try to run a marathon, you know, or like just go over to the weights and just like act like you know what you're doing. You would probably like, do an elliptical, like do some abs, do some push-ups, like do the basics. So we would say the same about organizing, like take a small spot that literally is killing you softly, right? Like, is it, is it male? Is it, um, instead of like the whole kitchen, like, is it just like snacks, you know, the pantry snacks that you're kind of grabbing at? Could you do that little part? Or, um, we, with couples all the time, especially when we're doing the organizing, we'll have a woman say, absolutely touch all my clothes. I want my closet to look perfect. And the man's like, yeah, no, I don't need that. And then we do it. And then the husband's like, or the boyfriend or whoever is like, yeah, absolutely. You need to touch my stuff. So, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes it's better um, if you are in a small space with someone else is to actually do your things and motivate. You know, it's again, like, going to the gym and working out when you're working out all the time and you're looking good, your partner's going to be like, okay, like when do you go to the gym? So like, I'll go with you. You know, like there's a motivation there. You don't just like say we're going to the gym and we're doing a marathon. It's like, no one's interested in that, you know? So you kind of have to start small, show the changes and that's inspiring in and of itself. How do these virtual services work? Um, so it's actually pretty, pretty clean and simple, just like everything we keep saying. So if you have a space that you're like, I really want to tackle this space, it could be as small as like your junk drawer or as big as your entire kitchen. So essentially you, we have a whole form. You take pictures, we have you take measurements. We kind of want to know your layout of everything. Um, you have a 30 minute phone consultation and then one of our organizers will essentially create a plan for you and they'll give you a step-by-step -step of like okay I'm going to kind of call this like drawer one and drawer two or you know 
ABC, whatever that is. And they'll kind of tell you exactly like where to move things, what to do, how to approach the space. And then they'll even go as far as telling you what products to buy. Because our biggest thing is obviously creating the system, <clears throat> excuse me, creating the system and then making sure that you kind of stick to that. Really, for us, it's all about labeling, um, especially if there's multiple people living within a home, whether that's the children or you do have a cleaning lady or a nanny or something like that, that you would want them to then know, oh, okay, this is where the Legos go, or this is where, um, you know, in a pantry, it's like, okay, these are the kids' snacks. So it's just very, very clean and straightforward. Do you have specific products that you recommend for getting a specific, like a certain area of your home organized? We oh, do. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have a ton. Um, the, I mean, tried and true, been in our lives since the beginning is the container store. Um, but the good news is, is that Neat Method, well, thanks to, thanks to Corona, we're getting pushed back a little bit, but Neat Method will have a line of products coming out this year. So oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I love the container store so yes. much. So they are, um, it's stuff that you really can't find in the industry. Obviously for almost a decade, we've been doing this in homes. So I, it's kind of amazing for us to now be able to blend the fact um, that we've seen it all. We've been in every type of home, call it a small Manhattan apartment to the largest of large that you've ever seen. So we kind of know what does and doesn't work. We are even, this is going to be to a level where there's protective feet on the bottom of things. Things will not get scratched because we're the ones that have implemented those products for so long that don't have those attributes and don't have the client in mind or the space in mind of, okay, they've now just redone this gorgeous kitchen for thousands and thousands of dollars and now they want to protect it. Um, you know, you hear all the time, like, I mean, literally, I can feel like this has been around since the 80s, um, of like protective liners on the drawers. And we're like, no, you don't need that. You just need the right products placed in the right places, more or less. Um, another question from a viewer or a listener, sorry, another question from a listener is, are there um, anything, any products or methods you recommend for people who are working from home? Yeah, probably the same thing is just like, you know, obviously everyone's kind of working from home right now, but working from home, let's say every day without COVID going on, um, really it's setting up those systems, setting up, you know, okay, here I am, I'm in my home office. I, we both, Molly and I stand behind like making sure your home office is a space that you want to go into. It shouldn't feel like cluttered with chaos or your whole day can feel that way. Um, so make it pretty, make it inviting, make it, you know, so that you go in and you're like, okay, I have a clear mind coming into here to get my work done. Don't have distractions in there. Um, as you've heard this whole time, we're very simple. So keep it simple. And really, you know, if it's, um, if it's paperwork that's piling up, make a, make a scheduler system of like when you go through that paperwork and actually put it into the files it needs to go into or the basket or whatever that is. Um, in my own I also think when I was living in uh, San Francisco, we lived in a really small apartment and we do, we've always worked from home. Ashley and I are like the queens of working from home. We've never had an office. So, um, 
I, I would say the biggest thing that I did that was really helpful was I didn't want to work in the room where I had like the, the closet space to, um, you know, put the files and, and the things that I needed. But what I did was I kept a little section in a closet where I could put my laptop, put my files, put, you know, whatever, you know, pens, like a pouch of things that I was going to use. And in the mornings I would take it and I would bring it to my kitchen counter and I would set up my little space there every morning. And then at the end of the day, I would put it away and it had space. So I think one of the biggest things, big or small, is that you really do need to dedicate a spot for your work items. Otherwise they end up everywhere. And um, with working from home, it's harder to turn off if you have your work stuff all over the place. It's like, um, it's just difficult to say like work is done. Whereas like if you have an office, you leave it and your computer's there or whatever. And maybe you check your email from your phone, but like you're, you're um, more out of pocket than you are when you're in your home and you're working from home. So I think it's really important to just like have that dedicated space where you can put it away so you can mentally be done with work instead of like looking around and seeing work kind of everywhere in your space. That is such great advice because I feel like I can't sleep at night if my office <clears throat> in my house. Like I, and it needs to be away before I start dinner. Otherwise I feel like I'm not unplugged. So yeah, advice, just finding a place in a closet to put all of your stuff to repull out the next day. Yeah. Even if it's like a basket, you know, you could put a laptop in the things that you need and like a basket and then just put it up in the shelf. It doesn't matter if it's the coat closet shelf or wherever, like you got to find space where you got to find space if you're living, um, especially in a city. So um, I think like just having that dedicated spot to put all of the work things so you can mentally escape um, and sort of do something that you're physically saying like I'm done with work is a really nice habit to get into in a small space. Do you have those baskets and pouches available on your website? Um, not yet. Okay. No, but we link to that kind of stuff all the time and we're happy to share anything with you that we're talking about. Awesome. Thank you. Um, one more question. What do you say to anybody who says they're not organized and they're not going to be able to keep up with the organization after the stay-at-home order lifts? Um, so the reality is, is a lot of people aren't organized. Like, that's just the reality. Like, we all, it's kind of like we can't all be good at everything. So I think that it's okay to just embrace that you're not organized. I think if you have it in you that you have that desire to be, you can definitely get there. There's enough resources now. There's enough imagery to look at through Instagram or Pinterest or whatever yeah. it is to give yourself that motivation. I think what we've found and the reason why we're all across the country and the US or in Canada is that sometimes people just don't know where to start. So that's kind of the biggest problem where they're like, I want to get organized, but I don't know where to start, which is kind of the whole point I'm just on just like starting small. Um, but I guess our advice would just be to embrace who you are a little bit and like, you know, do your best. I think that, you know, doing your best with trying to set up those systems that work for you. Um, is all that really matters. You know, we've gone into so many homes where obviously the clients are like, 
I am so organized. You'll, I don't even know if I need you, but I'm so organized. And you go in and obviously, again, we're kind of the experts in this field, but we're like, it's amazing that they think they're organized, which is good. Like, I think that's like a really positive thing to feel, but then we'll do our thing, which is taking it to the next level. And that same client will come in and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how unorganized I was and how much better this feels to this heightened level. But I think like really though, the message is do what works best for you. You know, if you can't quite get yourself there and you don't really care if you get yourself there, then let it go. You're not ready. Yeah. Um, or try your best and continue to utilize some of the tools that exist out there. And I think like, you know, stick, stick to whatever system works. I love that. Thank you guys so much for coming on. You make staying at home fun and I can't wait to tackle my own closets using your future products and the tips you gave today. So thanks yeah. so much. And I hope you guys stay safe and healthy. Thanks. Thank, thank you. You too. too. Thanks thank for having us on. Thank you for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast. I'm Megan Cluth. For more episodes, please subscribe and share this episode with others. Visit MeganCluth.com to get in touch and stay tuned for more great interviews. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.